Welcome to the Christ Life Ministries podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Olubi Johnson. For more information about this podcast and our other resources, please visit spcconline.org. God bless you. That's what they say. That's their national anthem. God save our great. They, they, they sing it every day. And Queen Elizabeth was a wonderful woman. Let's give the queen a super clap offering. Lovely woman. You know, she, she prays and all of that. You know, she knows the Lord. You know, and, and you know, that's what God did for her. They kept saying it for 60 years. So you know what? God saved the queen. Give the Lord a clap offering. God saved the queen. Can you imagine? They say, God saved the queen. God saved the queen. God save the queen. And because of the queen, God save England. And Britain. And I don't let me get there. You know, well, let me just let you know. You know, God is very particular. God is a covenant-keeping God. People don't understand that. And he, he, he's faithful to nations and people, not because of the people, because of their fathers. What I've said is also true of America. God can never forget America. Never. America gave us E.W. Kenyon. Give the Lord, give E.W. Kenyon a super clap offering. America gave us Kenneth Hagen. Where will we be today? So there's no atom bomb is going to destroy America. In spite of all the sinners and all the homosexuals and all the LGBTQ and all that, forget all of that. God is because of the fathers. As I speak this afternoon, there is a remnant in America that is on their knees groaning and praying and travailing. The same thing with Israel. God will never forget Israel because of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God is a covenant-keeping God. He doesn't forget. Individuals will be punished for their sins, but the nation as a whole will be preserved. And God will never give up on Nigeria. The nation from beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. That the rivers divide from whence Zion in the third day arises. Because of that prophetic destiny, God has made up his mind about Nigeria. There are a lot of bad people, 419, Yahoo boys, all kinds of terrible people in, in Nigeria, terrible politicians, you know, corruption and all of that. Yes, they will be punished individually, but God will preserve the nation. I just got a prophetic word. That is why the coming election is going to be successful. It's going to be free and fair. It will hold all this... Uh, um, um, insecurity, Boko Haram, all this, they will not, you know, they will not allow it to happen. It's going to happen. Watch God move. Over the next few months, I got a word. Are you listening to me? <laughs> I'm just going to, I will give you a little bit. I won't give you everything, just, just a little bit. You understand? I said this to some of the brethren yesterday. I will not explain all of it. When it begins to come to pass, I will start showing you. Look out for the new moon. Then from September, October, 
November, December, see what God will do. The Nigeria you see now is not going to be the Nigeria you are going to see in 2023. If you can receive it, receive it. If you cannot receive it, say, oh me, God help my unbelief. Great things are in front of us. God will never forget Nigeria. God will never forget Nigeria. Because there's some of us, not me alone, but many of us, some of us, you know, who committed to God. And over the years, God sent S.G. Elton here as far back as 1937. Because he saw here a people. They hadn't yet known him. Like he told Paul at Corinth, he says, stay here for I have much people in this city. As when, when they had not yet been born again. How are they his people? Because of their heart. Do you know there are a lot of good Nigerians? Lovely people. I gave you my story this morning, part of it. You know, I wasn't born again. I didn't know God. But the heart. And I look back now and say, ah. And I'm not the only one. There are others like that. There are some that are not yet born again. They are apostles right now. Maybe in one hotel somewhere in Lagos, enjoying Chapman and swimming and all of that on a Sunday morning. Don't despise them. When they get born again, you will see the speed. Like Paul. Look at how Paul overtook all the other apostles. We're talking about the bride of Christ. And I'm traveling next week, so I must do something today. I don't want to leave it for another, you know, many weeks. How many people are still on my side? If you're with me, give me a wave offering. Then with the second hand, give the Lord a clap offering. If you're, if you're on my side. Oh, I got good news for you. Good news for you. It shall come to pass. So the second day church took the gospel all over the world. China, Africa, everywhere. Through England primarily and a little bit of it through America and Europe. You know. Then the third day church, which is us now, is the last day church. Our job now is the revelation that was received in the first day and that was transported and brought to the whole, church, to the whole world in the second day will now be fulfilled in the third day. So our job now is to fulfill the revelation that was given in the first day and brought to us in the second day. Understand it all. So it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the, Lord, of the Lord's house shall be established in the top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and some nations shall flow into it. And many people shall say, Come ye, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, for he will teach us his ways, and we will walk in his path. For out of where shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from, from Jerusalem. So the bride of Christ is also called the Zion Church. She is going to be the highest, at the highest level of spiritual power in the whole earth. Hills are symbolic of spiritual power and prowess and mountains 
Look at the language that is used here in the King James. It says, the mountain of the Lord's house. So, the Lord's house has a mountain. Are you getting it? It's like having a three-story building. First floor, second floor, third floor. The ground floor will be uh, equivalent to the outer court. That's the ordinary Christian who gets born again, goes to heaven. But he doesn't, he, he, does, he doesn't understand the deeper things of God. He only sees scripture in natural light. Then you got the second floor, you know, which corresponds to the holy place. These are people who see revelation to some degree through the candlestick. Then you got the third floor, which represents the most holy place where the Shekinah light of the glory of God. They now begin to see God face to face. They're no longer seen through a glass darkly. That's Zion. That's the Zion church. That's why he uses language, the mountain of the Lord's house. He says it's going to be established above the top of the mountains. So there are other mountains, but then there's the top. The bride is at the top. A clap offering for the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! And there's many people. It should have been all people. But people have a choice. So he said many people. That sadly will not be all. It should be all. But he said many people. People will, you see, a lot of people are going to see the, this Zion, this bride of Christ elevated. Ah! People say, I want to be a part of that. Say, and all nations will flow into it. People will, people, <laughs> you're going to see what's going to happen. I've said this before, I'm going to keep repeating it. The hour is coming and now is, where you get here at 8 o'clock, you won't have a seat to sit. And it's, it won't be people who live in Ibadan. Some people will be living in Lagos. Some people believe in Oshobo. Some people believe in Oyo. They will get here by 7, 7.30. The church will be full. And when you who live in Ibadan, in Bodija, say, you know, take it easy and come to church. By the time you get here, you won't have a seat. Except you're a pastor. Or a pastor's wife. Or in the choir. But any other person, you know, you, just, you stay outside. Because all nature. You see, the thing is, people are waiting. They don't know what they are waiting for, but they are waiting. Once they see it, they are coming in. So, the uh, 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 bride of Christ is typified by Zion, you know, and in, in, in typology, Zion represents the perfect church, you know, the glorious church, the bride of Christ. Jerusalem represents the church that has revelation about it, but hasn't yet entered the experience, you know, and Israel just represents the general church. You know, the, 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 the so it's still the same, it's still one church, but in different sections that is going to determine different levels of destiny. It's very important we understand this, and it's not automatic simply because you're born again or even filled with the Holy Spirit. You got there's certain things you need to start practicing and doing to guarantee. That's why we pray those prayers. Thank God for Paul again. You know, Paul gave us a prayer. Vouchsafe me worthy. Ah, what a prayer. Of the high calling to which you come in Christ. The I, you know, uh, 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 so that I will be accounted worthy. Uh, I, I can't remember it offhand. You know, vouchsafe me worthy of the high calling which you call me in Christ. You know, <clears throat> 
the, the perfection of fullness of Christ, you know, and fulfill in and through me all the good pleasure of your goodness and the work of faith with power. As a prayer, you need to be praying every day. So that you make sure that you are a part of the body of Christ, the bride. And not just for being born again. That the name of Jesus Christ will be glorified in me and I in him. According to and by your mercy, the grace of the Lord Jesus and the help of the Holy Spirit. We added all of that over the years, but it's all, it's all, it's all correct. You know, so you, you, you need to understand that it's not everybody who will be a bride of Christ. And, 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 and uh, one scripture, it's a beautiful scripture, it's in, uh, oh Jesus, let me just quickly, uh, because of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to rush through these things. Psalm 50 verse 2 says, out of Zion, the perfection of beauty. He's talking about the church. He's talking about the, the Zion church, the bride of Christ. And then in um, <clears throat> Psalm 14 verse 7, oh, that the salvation of Israel will come out of Zion. He makes a distinction. Zion is the perfect church. And it is, watch this, Zion now acts as a conduit pipe, as a channel through which God can bring salvation and help and deliverance to the rest of the church, Israel. I said this sometimes over the years, and I'm going to repeat it now, because it bears repetition and it's contextually relevant. And it is this, everybody in the church will be partakers of the benefit of the glory of God. But not everybody will be a participator. There will be spectators. They will benefit. They will be healed. They will be delivered. They will be blessed. But they will not carry it. Because they did not make the distinctions. They did not make the decisions. They did not make the priority to get that glory. That's why he said, in a, he put it in another parable. He said, you know, in the end time, it will be like... Ten virgins. Five were wise and five were foolish. The foolish virgins didn't go to hell. They didn't go to hell. They were virgins for God's sake. But they did not, they didn't have oil in their vessel. So they could not enter in to the wedding. The bride. Am I talking to anybody here? They couldn't enter into the bride. They couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't, you know, they were not a part of the bride. Even though they were in the, they were, they were, they were, they were children of God. So it's very important that we understand these things. Another typology, I'm using different because I'm giving you what the Bible calls epignosis, complete knowledge, is the Temple of Solomon, which we did last week. So I'm not going to go into detail about it. But I'm going to just bring out one or two points from the Temple of Solomon that are very, very important. Observe that in the Temple of Solomon, that the stones were prepared before they brought to the temple. Is a type of the bride of Christ. The stones were already in the church. I'll give you another scripture. It's in Psalm Isaiah chapter 51. He says, Look to Abraham from where you were hewn. Every Christian has been hewn from Abraham because we are the seed of Abraham through Jesus Christ. Now, the decision you make as an individual will determine how you are shaped. And whether you are carried to the bride. Whether you are carried to the temple. Not every hewn stone goes to the temple. It's the one that is shaped. Yes. That's the bride. Observe that when they bring them, there is no noise there. No hammer. Because they have unity of knowledge. 
They just fit in. And that's how the temple is built. Now the Bible says all of us in 1 Peter chapter 2. They were all living stones. Built a holy priesthood, a holy house. For a habitation of God through the spirit. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. You know. So you, you know, the temple represents you know, the, the, the uh, 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 bride of Christ. The temple of Solomon. You know. Now observe the temple had three compartments. It had the outer court, it had the holy place, and it had the most holy place. The outer court will represent, you know, the Israel, the ordinary Christian. The holy place will represent the Christian house revelation. Now, thank God, the good news about the holy place is that it's the transition to the most holy place. So, once you enter the holy place, if you keep pressing it, you get to the holy place. You see, this thing is not exclusive. It's not as if God has prepared, ah, these people are special. No, anybody can do it. Anybody, as we're going to see before I close this message, anybody, but you have to make certain decisions and then stick by those decisions and continue to walk with God to fulfill those decisions. So that's, the, that, that, that's how you know. You, the other temples are not built like that. It, it's not every stone. The stone has to be prepared. If a man therefore purge himself from this, he shall be a vessel of honor, prepared unto every good work. That stone has to be, you know, chiseled, and, 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 and cut to the right size so that it will fit its place in the temple. The bride of Christ. Oh, glory to God. Okay. You know, let me uh, leave that. So the bride of Christ is the mountain of the Lord's house. Now, this, another, this scripture I'm about to give you now is probably one of the most important scriptures about the bride of Christ in this uh, teaching that I'm giving you. And you find it in Psalm 45. It typifies clearly the bride of Christ. Look at Psalm 45. Am I talking to anybody here? Psalm 45. Give me a wave offering, somebody. And then a clap offering. And look at verses 13 and 14. He's talking, you know, the psalmist is talking prophetically under unction. Under inspiration, and it begins to talk about the bride, you know, by, by, by prophetic unction. He said, The king's daughter is all glorious. Where? Within. Her clothing is of what? Wrought gold. This is, the, this, is the, this is the bride. And I'm going to show you in a minute, then I'll come back to the wrought gold because that's very important. She shall be brought unto the king. In raiment of needlework, the thread is gold. Glory be to God. Oh. The virgins, her companions that follow her, shall be brought to the observe. There's a difference between the virgins that follow her and the bride. They're not the same. They're not the same. The bride's clothing is all gold. Then the virgins, uh, they follow her. That's why, you know, you can say it this way. You know, the bride is the wise virgins. Then the other virgins, they're, they're following her. So they're, they're in the feast. But they're not on the throne. Because they're not the bride. Amen. If you can't say amen, say, oh me. She shall be brought unto thee. Now let me talk about the clothing of wrought gold. We're talking about the bride of Christ. 
The clothing is a type of your physical body. The gold is a type of the divine nature. Now, what happens is that through the experience of prayer, intercession, obedience, you know, and all of that, the rot gold. When you say rot, it means gold that is beaten, is beaten into something. You understand? So the gold is beaten into the physical body. The life of God being made manifest therein. That's what gives her her clothing. That's what qualifies her as the bride. This is the most explicit scripture. The companions, they are following her, but they don't have the gold. In the great house, there are many vessels. They are not gold. They are not gold. They, they are wood, earth, all kinds of things. They are virgins, though. They are, they are Christians. They follow her. You know, you know, we had a wedding here yesterday. Staremi's daughter. You know, the bride came in. You know, then there were other people who were following her. But when we were going to do the prayer, and it's only, it's only the bride that was here. The other people followed. There was the, there was the best man. There was the chief's bridesmaid. There were the little children. There's the bridal train. You know, they all are at the, at the wedding. But only the bride got married. That's how it's going to be. Only the bride got married. If you're not the bride, you're not getting married. It doesn't mean Jesus doesn't love you. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're not going to be in heaven. It just means, you know, in that sense, what it just means is that, it, you know, like I said at the beginning, is the bride that sits on the throne and reigns with him. And that's how it's going to be for eternity. See, I now understand what Paul saw. See, Paul had seen these things by revelation. Because a lot of this revelation, you find in Paul's writing, glorious church, not having spot. So Paul has seen it. That's why he said, ah, I keep my body under. I bring it into subjection lest by any means I be disqualified from that prize. He saw it. And keeping your body under and bringing subjection is that rot gold. You're, you are, you are uh, 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 putting the life of God into your physical body. So it now, I said that last week when I was thinking about the temple of Solomon. The whole, the inner, the inner sanctum was covered, everything was gold. Even though it was wood. But they now beat the gold into the wood. So all you see on the outside is gold. You are human. But you are a partaker of the divine nature. When the divine nature and character is beaten, is beaten through tribulation, through much tribulation, we enter the kingdom. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials, knowing this that the trying of your faith is working patience. Let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect, entire one. That's how that gold is being beaten into you. At the end of the day, all they will see is gold. Give the Lord a clap offering. So stop complaining when you're in problem. Count it all joy. When you fall in the knowing this, you're being prepared for the bride. I know it's tight. I know it's tough, but people don't 
Christians. Oh, Jesus. I am the body of, I am the body. But only those who purge themselves and who become vessels of gold, whose clothing, the physical body, are of wrought gold, have the divine nature. The Bible says the life of God be made manifest in the mortal, and you, in the mortal flesh. I know we know that scripture because I, we quote it here in this church often. But many times, you know, you need to go back and study it, you know, deeply. You will see what Paul says. He says, we which live... We, we're bearing about in the body the dying, that's why I said, I die daily, of the Lord Jesus, that the life of God might be made manifest. Observe, it's not, it has not been made manifest. It is the process of dying daily. It is the process of being delivered unto death that causes ultimately the life of God to be made manifest in the mortal flesh. It's a process. God is beating the divine nature, the Holy Spirit. He's wrought gold. He's beating it into the physical body. He's beating it into the mind. He's beating it into the will. He's beating it into the emotions. So that when he finishes with you, and he's a master craftsman, when he finishes with you, all people will see is gold. Yes, human, wood, but you, so much gold has been put inside. The whole thing is gold. That's the bride. We're coming to the end little by little. It is the spirit and the bride that say come. Not the spirit and the body. Revelation. Everybody looking at me funny. It's in the Bible, trust me. Revelation chapter 22. Thank you, Sister MC. And the spirit and the bride. What? Why did he say the spirit and the body? He didn't even say spirit and the church. He said spirit and the bride. You know why? The spirit and the bride have one voice. The bride has so renewed her mind that she says the same thing God says. It is the spirit and the bride that says, come. Observe. <laughs> the Bible says, a body has thou prepared for me. But the scripture says that the bride hath made herself ready. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe these words have empowered you to live a victorious, transcendent life in Christ. Our mission is to equip God's people for service and build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We encourage you to enjoy and share from thousands of resources, including books, sermons, prophecies and articles available on our website, spcconline.org. Thank you and God bless you.